It's all faith, faith which worketh by love. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, Hebrews 11.6. Immortality and paradise were lost when Grandma Eve, in an act of unbelief, believing Satan's words over God's, and disobedience chose the forbidden fruit, and Grandpa Adam, the first Adam, followed suit. When faith was cast off, immortality and paradise were lost. Faith is everything. 1 Corinthians 15.45 refers to Jesus Christ as the last Adam, and it is his shed blood on Calvary that makes it possible for you and I to become children of God. This place is the place Jesus calls born again, and it is here, through faith in Christ and obedience to his word, that the door of immortality and paradise swings wide open again. Note that immortality and paradise are regained by reversing the order from unbelief and disobedience to faith and obedience. It's always been a matter of faith. In science, as in the world at large, we begin with the same apparent facts, but end up at dramatically different conclusions. For example, looking at mankind, evolutionists begin in unbelief in God and His Word and postulate that there was an explosion out of nothing. From that nothing, man evolved from some kind of primordial soup out of a single-celled creature, slime, to man. Christians begin in faith in God and His Word and declare the earth and its universe were spoken into existence by God's words. God formed man out of clay and made mankind in His very glorious image and likeness. Starting in faith is like looking at the facts and heading north. Starting in unbelief is looking at the same facts and heading south. Both have the same starting points but very different ends. Salvation works the same way. Jesus Christ is the starting point. Those who release their childlike faith, believe upon God's only begotten Son, and follow Him, end up at immortality and the new heaven and new earth. On the other hand, those who smother their childlike faith, reject God's gift of salvation, and follow the enemy of their soul, their end is eternal cognizant death in the lake of fire. Are you born again? Consider these facts in Acts chapter 4, 10 through 12. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Will today be the day you exercise your childlike faith and become born a literal second time, this time of the Spirit of God? In just minutes, all your sins and shame could be washed away and Satan's bondages broken if you will follow this following prompt. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now, for today's subject. God said, Genesis six twelve through 17, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, 
The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. God said, Genesis seven eighteen through 24. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beast, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man." All in, who, in whose nostrils was the breath of life of all that was in the dry land died. And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and creeping things and the fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth an hundred and fifty days. God said, Matthew twenty four thirty seven. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Man said, Christianity is a religion for losers. They're a bunch of Bible-thumping, uneducated, easily-led rubes. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature article 921 that will once again contend for the faith. All of these powerful features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the edification of the blood-bought and as ammunition in the battle for the souls of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Be sure to take advantage of these powerful features. One. You have questions? God has answers. Whatever your question, type a keyword into the search bar top right and watch the screen populate with related information from Adam and Eve to quantum physics. Number two, use the tell a friend feature above to send a message to someone you love. It's so quick and easy. Number three, imagine you can download nearly 348 hours of God said, man said features to your electronic device. Listen to one every day. Thank you for coming. May God's face shine upon you with light and truth. God Said, Man Said has published a host of features addressing the worldwide flood that destroyed the earth in the days of Noah. The third-party proof is truly daunting, absolutely irrefutable, yet the world's academics weave and dodge with all their might but to no avail. Noah is still Noah, and the obvious truth is still the truth. If Noah's ark is true and not simply a Sunday school myth, then the mockers have a literal terrifying hell to pay, and they do. Several excerpts from past God Said, Man Said features follow. 
then new information will present it for you to consider. When the Bible says Noah, you can build on it without fear. God said, man said, dino eggs and Noah. Foundational to carnal academia's God of evolution is the uniformitarian theory, which proposes that the present is the key to the past. They theorize that Earth's geology progresses at a steady, uniform state, and that due to this, it is possible to extrapolate backwards at their steady, observable state to date the unseen past. But two colossal events that the deceivableness of unrighteousness doesn't permit its adherents to believe firmly destroys the uniformitarian hypothesis. These two staggering events that the children of faith embrace are fully supported by the scientific evidence. The first is the Genesis creation. If you happened along five minutes after God created the earth and its universe, you would surmise it to have a very old history, when in fact the six days of creation ended just five minutes earlier. If you saw Adam and Eve, you would suspect history when they were just minutes old. The second earth-changing event was the global, world-destroying flood in the days of Noah. Fish fossils on every mountain peak shout, yes, hallelujah, yes. Uniformitarian theory collapses under the weight of these two completely certifiable biblical events. Science doesn't take them there. The empirical scientific data keeps pouring in, and the theories of evolution continue to crumble. When data and not theory is observed, we find the following all happening in and thus certifying the biblical Earth's 6,000-plus years of history. 1. Adam and Eve. Best brains being 2,000 to 6,000 years ago. Weakening of Earth's magnetic fields. Lunar dust and the lack thereof in sufficient quantity. Sun shrinkage. Soil erosion. Age of rocks. Development of language. Agriculture. Dog domestication. Horse domestication. Civilizations. Human and animal genetic diversity and 5,100 years, mutations, and the second law of thermodynamics, and surely this list is just a sampling. Consider these geological facts that certify the Bible's account of Noah's Ark. One, all mountains of the world, all of them, have been underwater at some time or times in the past, as indicated by sedimentary rock and marine, uh, marine fossils Excuse me, near their summits. Number two, most of the Earth's crust consists of sedimentary rocks which are formed entirely underwater. Number three, all sedimentary formations appear to have formed rapidly, even catastrophically. Over 500 legends of a worldwide deluge exist in ancient societal records. The empirical data gathered from the entire globe says yes to Noah. End of quote. God said, man said, the global flood dared a challenge. So many things, billions, even innumerable, shout absolutely yes to the miraculous story of Noah's Ark. The mountain of evidence continues to grow, yet skeptics and vociferous challengers still manage to cling on. Paleontology says yes. Archaeology says yes. Geology says yes. Nearly 500 ancient societal records say yes. Fish fossils on every mountain peak said yes. Flood strata covering 75% of the earth say yes. Billions of fossils, 
buried by water actions say yes. Dinosaurs say yes. Soft tissue and dinosaur bones say yes. The Grand Canyon says yes. Yes, the reemergence of global catastrophism says yes. All yes. Carnal academia must resist no at all costs. For if they yield to the amazing accumulation of evidence that certifies Noah, they will have lost all. Their ungodly educations, their ungodly careers, their ungodly universities, their ungodly textbooks, videos, publications, and theories of evolution will all be gone. Then it would be, how do I pay the mortgage? How do I become gainfully employed producing something of real value? If no is true, and he is, they are in a heap of trouble, heaps upon heaps. But it doesn't end there. Now something else sets in, a soon-coming judgment day, when the God of Noah sits upon his throne, and all men stand before him to give an account of their deeds and how they have handled the issue of the blood of Jesus Christ. This is more than the ungodly can endure. They must resist. The headline in the July 8, 2012 issue of Discover magazine reads, Traces of the Great Flood, and the subhead reads, Geologists long rejected the notion that floods of biblical proportions had ever occurred until one of them found proof of a Noah-like catastrophe in the widely eroded river valleys of Washington State. In the publication The Week, February 16, 2018, reports on a bus-length dinosaur called Mansurosaurus Shemay unearthed in Egypt's Sahara Desert, both of which were products of the global flood of judgment. The March 10, 2017 headline in National Geographic reads, Giant Catfish Fossil, 6 foot 5 inches long, found in Egyptian Desert. The September 14, 2013 headline on BBC, Sea fossils found in Peruvian desert. Southern Peru has unearthed a trove of ancient sea fossils. Headline, June 5, 2015, The Mirror. Archaeologists find a 40-million-year-old whale fossil in the desert, and it has another whale inside it. But this fossil is the result of Noah's flood, and it is not 40 million years old. A couple of sentences from the August 14, 2015 issue of the Daily News follow. The Whale's Graveyard, a desert where the ancient fossilized remains of nature's gentle giants lie on the floor of a long-lost ocean. Much of Egypt was once covered by vast ancient ocean. Headline, January 29, 2018, USA Today. Holy Grail of Dinosaur Fossils Discovered in Egyptian Desert. Answers in Genesis reports the following from a November 26, 2011 release from the MSNBC. This is what it says. Whale fossils protruding, protruding from Cerro Belena Cliffs in Chile's Atacama Desert north of Caldera, thanks to a road-widening project, are finally being excavated. The fossil graveyard census is now up to 75 whales and includes at least 20 partially intact specimens. The fossil bonanza is spawning some fantastic fishtails in an effort to explain how the bus-sized aquatic beast got there. The scientists have yet to publish their findings, 
but a variety of opinions have been advanced to explain how these whales ended up a half a mile from the ocean in the high, dry Atacama Desert. Answers in Genesis continues. Most of the fossils are baleen whales, although the collection already includes a sperm whale and an extinct two-tusked dolphin. The only other known specimen of this dolphin was found farther north in Peru's famous Pisco Formation, a fossil graveyard containing 346 whales. The Pisco Formation has excited controversy because uniformitarian scientists cannot see how the uh, di diatomite specimen in which the fossils are preserved could have been rapidly produced to cause the simultaneous death and burial of hundreds of whales. Creation scientists point out, however, that the warm, warm mineral-rich waters produced by the flood would have been able to support the catastrophic diatom bloom evidence that Pisco causing aquatic death on a massive scale, end of quotes. No matter how bizarre and impossible the scriptures might seem, be assured they are true every jot and every tittle. From creation and the first immortal man and woman made out of dirt to Noah's Ark, the Tower of Babel where men spoke one common language, the missing day of Joshua and Hezekiah to the virgin-born Christ, his ministry of miracles, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension into heaven, all of it true and righteous altogether. If one takes the time to look, the research, the discovery, and the explanation formed all say yes. No, they shout yes. The following research cited by meteorologist, atmospheric scientist, and author Michael J. Ord, who has written extensively on the global flood, demonstrates the glorious simplicity and pure plausibility of God's infallible word. The title from creation.com is Post-Flood Log Mats Potentially Can Explain Biogeography. Excerpts follow. The present-day and Ice Age distribution of many animals and plants is a major mystery in biogeography. The uniformitarian idea of rafting horizontally on tectonic plates once thought to be the explanation for most biogeography, has recently been shown to be mostly wrong. The focus of this article will be on mammal distributions. One option for mammal distribution is by land bridges, but except for the Bering Land Bridge, this idea is not popular. The only other option is for rafting on vegetation mats, sometimes across oceans. Many problems occur with the uniformitarian rafting idea, such as the small extent of vegetation rafts observed today. Creationists, on the other hand, have a very potent mechanism to explain biogeography by the huge log and vegetation rafts that would have been left over from the Genesis flood and would last for decades floating on the oceans. Present-day floating islands give us a hint of the possibilities. The land of Madagascar is 430 kilometers, approximately 267 miles, east of continental Africa and is separated from the continent by a deep ocean channel. Madagascar has existed for 120 million years, according to uniformitarian geologists. It is home to a unique assortment of plants and animals, but extant and extinct fossils, including gliding lemures, lim which have diversified into numerous species, some of which are extinct. 
Some scientists estimate 84% of land mammals on the island are unique to Madagascar, while others believe that number is close to 100%. Practically all its species of amphibians are unique to Madagascar. The amphibian fauna of Madagascar is highly exceptional, with more than 99% of the species endemic, meaning unique to this microenvironment in its offshore islands. Madagascar has an incredible diversity of reptiles, more than 90% of which are found only on Madagascar. Other animals existed on Madagascar from the late Ice Age up to about 2,500 years ago and later became extinct, most likely as a result of humans. But how did they get there? Under the heading Dispersal by either Land Bridges or Rafting, Ord writes, Uniformitarian scientists are left with only two other mechanisms. One, connections with land bridges that have since sunk, including island hopping. Or two, oceanic rafting. The concept of land bridges is not popular in secular literature except for the Bering Land Bridge. Consequently, some scientists opt for oceanic dispersal by rafting. Uniformitarian scientists can only call upon a few scraps of vegetation to be used for rafting from one island to another. This is far short of what is required to explain all the biogeographic questions, especially for large mammals. The flood, by contrast, would have created thick and extensive floating mats on the post-flood oceans. We can observe a present-day example of a floating log mat on Spirit Lake, Washington, in the USA, which still remains after the logs were swept into the lake by the May 1980 eruption of Mount St. Helens. Many similar, if not larger, post-flood log and vegetation mats were likely to have contributed significantly, significantly excuse me, to both animals and plants spreading across the earth after the flood. Regarding modern floating islands, You'll find this. In a large bibliography on floating islands, Van Duzer writes, To those not acquainted with them, floating islands usually seem at first like a myth, a paradox, or an impossibility. Surely chunks of the solid and massy earth on which we stand cannot drift easily upon the surface of a body of water. Yet floating islands exist on at least six of the seven continents and sometimes in the oceans that separate them. They may have trees growing up on them, be hundreds of meters across, and support the weight of a hundred cattle grazing on them. Floating islands are both natural and artificial, and are more abundant in the tropics. These islands commonly have a peaty soil that aids in buoyancy by gases released during the decomposition of vegetation. Sediment is also occasionally blown onto the islands. Many plants have been observed growing, and the nutrient-rich soils. Rice and other crops are cultivated on some floating islands. Consequently, there is at least the potential for floating islands to be able to disperse animals from one point to another. Whereas today's occasional log or stick provides a sweepstakes-like probability of successful transoceanic transport, log mats immediately after the flood may have been nearly as efficient for dispersal of some terrestrial organisms as was the land itself. Ord's conclusion reads, Many details of biogeography remain to be elucidated, but we have a general model with great potential to explain the dispersal patterns we observe today. 
creation scientists are in a much better position than the uniformitarians. Log or vegetation mat rafting appears to be one of the best options for solving some of the biogeographic mysteries. The log mats that formed at the end of the flood could have been large enough and ecologically diverse enough to transport many animals across sizable expanses of the ocean, end of quotes. Saint and sinner alike all consider the same facts, the same starting point, but arrive at two very different and opposite conclusions. Choose God's Christ and his infallible book, the right choice, and live forever. God said, Genesis six twelve through 17, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. God said, Genesis seven eighteen through 24, And the waters prevailed, and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beast, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life of all that was in the dry land died. And every living substance was destroyed which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things, and the fowl of the heaven, and they were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth an hundred and fifty days. God said, Matthew twenty four thirty seven. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Man said, Christianity is a religion for losers. They're a bunch of Bible-thumping, uneducated, easily-led rubes. Now you have the record.